Warning, this podcast will challenge your thinking. Welcome to Business Problems Solved. In this podcast, we help you solve your business problems by providing real examples and practical approaches to make today better than yesterday. Introducing your host, the multi-sector, self-professed, most improved improvement person and qualified business problem solver, Lee Horton. Hey, it's Lee. Welcome to Business Problem Solved today. I have the amazing pleasure of chatting with Julie Crefield. Julie is a community engagement specialist. How are you, Julie? I'm good. I'm really good. Good. No, fantastic. Thank you very much for doing this. I'm well excited and, and I can't wait to talk to you because building communities is something that I think whoever we are um, is something we need to be better at. So I really want to pick your brains in this. But before I do, um, who are you? For those people that don't know you, I know if you got to sit in that seat today. Cool. So as you said, I'm Julie Crefield. I'm a community engagement strategist and creative business mentor. Um, and I guess what qualifies me to be talking about this topic is I have been running online businesses for the last decade, which you know uses the, the concept of community. But actually, prior to that, I worked in the real world with real people, uh-huh. with real problems, you know, doing real stuff. Um, and so I've got a really varied work history um, of I started my career as a drama practitioner working with young people so I used to go and work with young offenders and you know teenage mums all of the kind of hard to hard to reach groups as they say Um, and I've become a bit of a a specialist really in being able to get people to make changes in their lives whether that was through photography video poetry you know creative outlets and then I moved more into kind of volunteer management and the Olympics came to town in East London and I've become an expert on community engagement around the games. So I worked for eight years doing that, helped oh. to write the policy for the Games Maker programme. and just got really excited and like buzzed by the concept of how do we bring people together to do awesome things, you know, and how do we include everybody and how do we give people great memories and have being together as part of something, being the things that we are most proud of in our lives. Um, and I think that translates really well to the online space when it's done properly. And there's, you know, lots of people talk about tribe building and what they really want is lots of customers. Yeah. Whereas for me, tribe building isn't just about collecting people that you can sell to it's much more um interactive than that it's about feeling like you belong and when when people feel like they belong to you and to your brand and to your community they are much more likely to buy so from a business perspective it makes perfect business sense to focus on old audience building and helping people to feel like they belong yeah perfect i I love that so the first question that pops into me then is what is a community as you define it Yeah. So I think it is about belonging. It's about feeling like you have shared um, objectives. Right. And some communities, we really um, align ourselves and say, oh, I am part of that community. So, for example, you're either an Android user or an iPhone user. Right. And so you might not go around every day with a with a badge that says I am a proud Android user, but you are by default in that community. Right. So there are communities like that, but there are also ones that we actively opt into. So, you know, it could be politics, it could be uh, all kinds of different groups that we say, I am proudly a member of this community. Um, And some we lurk on, some we're in the community, but we don't want to 
other people to know we're in the community. So there's all this interesting stuff that goes on around um, involvement, uh, alignment, like whether we want to be known as somebody that uses a product, you know, and I always talk about something called the tenor lady problem, right? So some people's brands have the tenor lady problem because, you know, tenor lady, for those that don't know, is a female product for if you wet yourself, right? Yeah. No one wants to talk about having to use tenor lady, but those people that do use them love them that you know they really bring something to their lives but they're not going to go and scream about it on social media you know and so i think it's um sometimes really difficult and and uh, a little bit intangible to talk about the communities that we're a part of because we i don't believe we're ever just a part of one community and in the online world in business we often have legs in multiple camps right while we're checking people out you know oh i like what they say on social media i'll be in their world for a bit oh but no they're saying something much better i'm going to go and align myself to them yeah. and from my perspective when you, you you know you have your inner circle and then you have the people that are a little bit wider afield and so for me, it's about understanding how to communicate and nurture with each of those different uh, kind of rings of people, you know, that, and it's kind of rings of influence. You know, I have my core people that if you ask them, they're like, Julie Crefield, she's my coach. Right. Yeah. And they're like loud and proud. They're my person. They probably wouldn't work with another coach right now. I've got other people that they're proudly in my programs, but they also work with other coaches as well. And it just ripples out like that, really. Um, you know, and I'm really big on um, encouraging your cheerleaders. Right. So sometimes we go out and we're only interested in our ideal customer. You know, who's your ideal client avatar? That stuff doesn't interest me at all because, you know, I run a plus size fitness business for 10 years and I had a lot of male um, cheerleaders. They weren't my ideal customer. They wasn't overweight or female or into running, but they loved what my brand stood for. And they would shout it from the rooftops. They'd, they'd tell all of their female relatives and their friends and, you know, they'd use me as a case study. I wasn't actively going out to find those people, but I was definitely including them in my messaging. Right. And I think that's what we can do in our messaging is yeah. include everyone, but invite some people into different parts of our business. You know, I, I predominantly work with women, not because I don't like men, not because men can't like benefit from my programs. But I, for some reason, maybe turn some men off when it comes to working with me and doing business stuff. There's definitely some programs of mine that are more suitable for blokes to come in and they dip their toes in. They see what I'm about. Um, but it's just about communicating that really I think and being open about like this is what I stand for and I'll be some people's cup of tea and for other people I won't be their cup of tea yeah I, um, I love I love this I've got so many questions on it I'm just trying to pick which which is the right one first without, <laughs> me, without me forgetting the others um so what what you said there around um about not bothering or not necessarily just talking to your ideal customer avatar which is which is what marketers um, advise us all to do but it's about delivering a message that's welcoming of everybody and in fact how, how do you do that rather than be try to guess and pick out what you've just said how do you um, invite everybody but talk to the people that you want to talk to so I think it's about how you activate people, right? And, and we are, as humans, we're a little bit lazy and we're a little bit thick most of the time. So we need telling what to do, right? Yeah. When, you, when you get clear instructions of how to be part of something, you go, oh, great, now I know. 
rather than having to guess, right? So some of the things I do uh, when I run my plus size fitness business, I used to send out these little pink cards that um, if they bought a t-shirt, they would get a pink card. And on the back of the card, it would say, thank you for buying this t-shirt. You're now part of the Two Fat to Run family. And here is how you can help. And I would give them five things that they could do, right? So they could um, pin the card up on their fridge for everybody to kind of go, oh, what's that? They could take it to their local authority and ask whether there are any local services for plus size women. You know, like five really practical things they could do. Did they all do it? No. Did some of them do some of the things? Absolutely. And what they realized was they hadn't just bought a T-shirt with a funny slogan. They'd bought into the ideology of what I was trying to do, which was enable change. And I think that is how we do it. We speak about our mission. Why are we doing the things that we're doing? Why is it important? And this, you don't have to even have a mission-based business, really. You could be selling something really practical. You could be selling nuts and bolts. It really doesn't matter. But it's about allowing people to know what the bigger picture is the goal beyond the goal so they can go all right I don't really need any nuts and bolts at the moment but the next time my mate says I need some nuts and bolts I'll know where to lead them because I know those guys are good guys right yeah. so it's about just giving people permission to understand why you're in business in the first place can, can you give us an example of what a good mission is yeah so um, I've got oh God, so many of my clients have great, great missions. Uh, who should I talk about? So I've got a client who does um, negotiation for women. So she helps to close the gender pay gap. Right. And so her mission is around equality. Right. Her mission is about, you know, the fact that women have been under underpaid and they undervalue themselves. You know, and so she doesn't just talk about her programs, right? She does programs around selling, she does programs about contracting, you know, quite quite technical, tactical things for women, either as entrepreneurs or in corporate. She doesn't just lead with that in her marketing. She leads with why equality is good for men too, why this is gonna be better for families, you know, and why men should also be thinking about this in terms of inclusion and diversity and all of those things. So she talks about the mission yeah. to everyone and she talks about the products and services to the people that have identified as as having the problem that she helps serve gotcha gotcha and and how with your communication and what do you is there a particular percentage you need to be talking about the mission versus the products and services what is what is that mix I don't know. I don't think I'm that strategic if I'm being honest. Right. Yeah. So I've got I've got three principles for showing up online. Right. One is be fearlessly visible. Right. So yeah. when you feel weird and icky about showing up, that's when you really should show up. Right. Yeah. And how that played out for me in the early days is I remember getting a phone call from ITBs this morning saying we're doing this feature on running. Would you come and be the coach? six weeks on national TV. And I'd only been doing this a couple of years at that point. And all of the voices were screaming, don't do it, don't do it. You'll look like an idiot. You don't know enough. Yeah. But because of my mission, I was like, oh my God, I'll get to more women. I'll, you know, I'll be able to do the stuff I'm really passionate about. So I said, yes, even though I was shaking in my boots, even though like national TV live, you could mess up all of that stuff. So it's like be fearlessly visible is the first one. Allow yourself to be vulnerable is the second one. And what that looks like is holding your hands up and going, I don't know all the answers. It's asking for help. It's allowing yourself to look like a Wally sometimes. You know, it's it's knowing that you don't have to have all your shit together to be successful. Yeah. And then the final one is about being of value. So, you know, helping people even if they're not buying from you. So, you know, 
and you don't have to teach. A lot of people think, oh, to help people, I have to teach them all of my stuff, right? I have to give everything away for free. But actually, different people value different things. So the way that I give value predominantly is by telling my story, right? I'm an avid storyteller. That's the, I've got like a tribe leadership uh, system, which has 12 different archetypes, right? And my predominant archetype is the storyteller. And that's why I love Clubhouse, because I can go on, tell my story. I'm not giving any of my tactics away necessarily, but yeah. people are inspired, they're motivated, it gets them to take action. And that's what I'm about, is getting people to take action. And I don't feel like, oh my God, I've just given all my best stuff away and now no one's ever going to buy from me. So it's about finding, and some people teach, that's their, their mode. They go on YouTube and they teach the tactics and they always hold a little bit back and go if you want the real good stuff then buy from us so there's never just one way and that's why I developed this archetype system and I've got a quiz so people can do my quiz to work out whether they're disruptive whether they're a storyteller whether they're a nurturer a lot of people nurture online it's my worst archetype I don't yeah. like nurturing people I'm, I'm not going to be your mother right I'm not going to take you by the hand and walk you through every bit of the process because I don't have the energy for it and because I do things on scale could you imagine like last year I worked with about 3,000 clients can you imagine if they were all in my inbox going Julie can I just have a little bit of help on this like no bugger off <laughs> like that's not my style but for other people that is absolutely their style and that's yeah. how they really get lit up I just don't have the energy for it yeah amazing amazing so um i want to ask about communities in a second but i just want to be really selfish just for 30 seconds if that's all right um and i'd, I'd love your take on this so at the start of lockdown i um i wanted i wanted to be more visible so i got my own business and stuff and i wanted to be more visible and i wanted to stop the scrolling so people would do it um and, and they would see me so i did um a series of um, talks in the bath and um, every week, every Tuesday, I did this tub talk thing and um, where I would just in the bath, sit, have a chat for a minute, subtitles and stuff. Um, and I put those out and I got quite good engagement from them. A year on from that or nine months on from that, I had a call with somebody yesterday and they said, oh, you're the guy that was in the bath. Um, I only did it for eight weeks because I was advised against it because people said, oh, no, people won't buy from you do, getting in the bath. You're, you're meant to be a serious person um, selling a serious thing. But there's a bit of me that kind of goes off at being being myself and, and kind of I only want to attract like minded people. But I was kind of warned against doing it. Um, what's the What's the balance for you in, in terms of not compromising the um, the outcome of what you're trying to achieve for your mission and not overstepping the line of actually just being yourself. Is there a line? Um, I'm going to pause there and let you talk. Yeah, it's such a good question. And again, I don't have like the definitive answer on this, but from my experience, the more I've lent into who I really am rather than the ego of who I want people to think I am, the more success I've had. And what that looks like is before, maybe a year ago, two years ago, if I was doing a podcast, I'd be like, right, have a nice background, do my hair, make sure my nails are done, all of that bullshit. And what COVID did was it really, well, I had an eight-year-old at home and I was running two online businesses. So you could just imagine. So all of that stuff went out the window and people yeah. loved it even more. So the more I shop as myself, the more I rant and rave, the more I swear, the more I, I make up words, all the things that are who I am. I'm a crier. My, my nickname is Tiny Tears, you know, and I always used to think, oh, I can't cry because that's unprofessional. Now yeah. I'm like, I just don't give a shit. Like, I'm just going to show up as me. Yeah. And as I said, people will either like it or not like it. And what is really interesting about what you shared was 
other people warned you against it, that is because for them, it would be inauthentic and it would lead to them losing work. But for you, if it feels fun and it feels exciting, that's the best kind of marketing, right? Again, it's why I like Clubhouse. I don't have to do my hair and makeup. I can just jump on, have a rant. You know, I can multitask and all of those things. It's about finding a marketing strategy that works for you. And so here is how I would develop your in the tub thing. Oh, yeah. You make it engaging. I would start a hashtag. Um, I should be charging you for this, by the way. I would start a <laughs> hashtag, which was something like talks from the tub. And I would encourage other people to do talks from the tub too. So you would be known as the founder of the movement. Oh, wow. Yeah, I like but that. But you would be encouraging people to either do their own talks from the tub or give you feedback, maybe around having thinking time in the tub. So I'll tell you why this is important. During the first lockdown, it's a little bit easier now because my circumstances are a bit different. But during the first lockdown, everything was so overwhelming. I live in a two bedroom flat. We've got a tiny little balcony, which is the only outdoor space. And I've got an eight year old who loves gymnastics. So you can imagine what it was like. Right. And I was running I was running calls with my clients. I was just all of the only place I could get solace in my whole apartment was in the bathtub. Yeah. And so I, I started having midday baths not because I was dirty, but just because I needed some space. And actually, I think in the bathtub, we do a lot of thinking, right? And so actually, you could, as part of your fun, this is me in the bath, I think there are some serious messages there around self-care, time for yourself, mental health, all of those things that you could attach that one mission to. Yeah. I really, I really like that. I no, stunned thank you. you into silence, haven't I? <laughs> yeah, no, I, I really, I really like that. And uh, yeah, so in fact, actually, to la- to launch this, um, and it's a little bit forward of me, but uh, shall we have a bath? And you, I'll have the. Ta- <laughs> I love it. <laughs> I'll, I'll have, I'll have the tap end. I don't mind. <laughs> we, we can launch it. That would be so much fun. I'm up for that for sure. I'm absolutely yeah. up for that. That would be hilarious. Perfect. Perfect. I'll, uh, we'll, we'll book it in. I've got, I've got and your it, link. And you know what? Because it fits perfectly with my free Vs, you know, and, and I think this is the thing, like, um, we are desperate because of what's happened with lockdown. We are desperate for human connection. We are desperate for fun. We are desperate for allowing people to see who we really are. I mean, that's the good that will come out of COVID and all of the shit that's gone down the last 12 months is we are showing up online more human than we ever have. And that to me lights myself, you know, and it's about connection. It's about, you know, the power of technology to find awesome people and to do awesome things with those people. So I, I am absolutely up for having a bath with you. Amazing, amazing. You're the first lady to ever say that. Thank you. <laughs> um, okay, um, just back onto communities, just just for a, just for a little minute, because um, we'll we'll take it from me to you. Actually, um, that, that's the whole idea of this conversation, and it should be about you. Um, and <laughs> when you said at the start that everybody's member members of, of communities, what thing? I think that I'm a member of a whole host of different communities, and I've got different levels of activity within those communities. So what is it that makes somebody more active in a particular community than another community? Great question. And so we can, the passive answer to that is that it's all on them to decide whether they want to be active in your community. 
a more proactive way of doing that is giving them ways to get involved, right? So when I think about my plus size fitness business, which is the best example of it, the moment they buy a t-shirt from me, they are part of the community, right? Every time they wear that t-shirt, other people engage with them and go, oh, I've heard of them, or what's that t-shirt? And they become an ambassador, whether they like it or not. Yeah. Um, I do uh, something called One Big Fat Run every uh, last weekend of the month, which is a virtual 5K. Now, if you think about it, I set that up eight years ago, uh, One Big Fat Run, and I've had 20,000 people worldwide take part in it wow. long before virtual races or doing any fitness online was a thing, right? And so the minute I would have women from Canada, women from Germany, all going out on the last Sunday of the month, doing their 5K and coming back with their sweaty face, you know, buying a medal, celebrating their medal. It's about activation. What can I do that gets my followers, my fans doing something in the moment, taking action, whether that's on um, a certain day of the, the year, you know, we have all of these day of the this and the day of the that. Get everybody to do something on one day. When you, as a coach or as a influencer, and I say that without like all of the Instagram type of stuff, but if you have influence, what you're actually doing is getting people to think, feel, or do something differently. Now the thinking and the, the feeling is great because it gets people to, to move forward. Um, when they do something as a result of something you ask them to do, there is now a connection and forevermore they will trace back um, and it could be something simple. I remember uh, following an online influencer who I don't follow anymore because I don't particularly like the direction she's gone in. But she was talking about kind of self-love. And she said, go and buy yourself uh, flowers. And I love flowers, right? But I've been yeah. single for five years, so yeah. I don't get them that often, right? But that that call to action to me made me go and buy flowers. And actually, every time I buy flowers for myself now, I always remember that woman, even yeah. though I don't like her anymore. Yeah. Right. And so, so this is this thing, if we can get people to take action rather than just doing stuff online, it's not about likes and follows and shares because that's nothing. But if you can jump out of the screen, out of an email and make people take action in their real life, that's the big difference in my view. Yes. Yeah. So I'm a big advocate of your thoughts, drive your behavior. So, so just play back that model you said, think, feel, do. To get somebody to do something, do you have to... In my world, I would I'm translating that as I got to get them to think something different um, or challenge their thinking. Is that different in what you're saying? And I don't think it's different. And some people need to think things through and feel it before they take action. Other people take the action and the feelings and the thoughts come after. So it doesn't really matter. So I'm a big activator. I'm like, go and bloody do it. And then we'll yeah. talk about it afterwards. Just do it. Right. Yeah. And I do this on because I do sales training with my with my clients. I have a program called a grand in your hand. Right. It's all about how can you make a thousand pound in 10 days uh, without feeling weird about it. And I just go like, don't think about it. Go over onto your Facebook page. Post this now. No one's going to die. And they go, okay, okay. And they go and do it before they can talk themselves out of it. So yeah. for me, the action is often the thing that leads to the transformation. Another example of this, I, when I first started running, I used to do 5Ks, 10Ks, half marathons. And someone said, are you ever going to do a full marathon? I was like, no, it's too far. I'd, I'd die, right? And then somebody challenged me. It was around the time that the Olympics was being announced. It was on the day of the Olympics being announced in London. And I said to my colleague, if London gets the games, I'm going to run the marathon in 2012. 
and they were like, are you shitting me? I was like, no, seriously, if we get it. And then literally 20 minutes later, he announced from the envelope that we were going to get the game. And so I signed up before I could do it, before I could think about it, before I could talk myself out, knew nothing about the difference between a half marathon and a full marathon, but the action of signing up. And actually, you know, that is often in the online world that we are in, all it takes is a credit card or a debit card and a computer to type your details in. And that action leads to something, whether it's signing up for a course, whether it's buying tickets, you know, I often say grab your card because that's the thing that's going to help you take action. Yeah, yeah, that makes perfect sense. So how would you get or prompt that action? What? It's repetition. It's repetition. What, what people, what I mean is people come up with a concept, right? And they go, that's a good concept. And they talk about it once on social media. And because no one does it, they go, oh, it's a shit concept. No, it's a campaign. It's a campaign of action. So if you think about people that do fundraising, you think about any kind of social media uh campaign it's about people repeating the same message over and over again the me too movement black lives matter movement all of these big social change things are people the founders of it saying the same thing over and over and over again until there's change and so as business owners what we do is post three or four times there's not enough traction and we go i'm going to give up and so what we have to do is we have to build a campaign team. We have to say to our mates, like, so for you and the bathtub thing, I'd be collecting 10 people who are committed to doing it, right? Talk about it secretly between you, get it up and running, and then you activate other people. Who else wants to get part of it? Get each of those people to pick two people. And it's like this yep. thing, it's a, you're creating a movement. And I talk a lot about movements that matter, right? And it's got to be genuinely for good it can't be i'm creating a movement so i can make a shit ton of money in my business right it can be and people do do it that way but for me what's really worked is it being about the goal beyond the goal right and it's and i've struggled with my business coaching business i've struggled a little bit more because the connection to me making money is closer whereas the plus size fitness business it was always about the mission i want to get a million women feeling good about themselves through the power of running right but with my business coaching I was like oh it is a bit icky because I'm making more money now right so what is the goal beyond the goal right for me it's not about getting to seven figures it's about getting particularly for me it's women getting to the women who are bloody brilliant at what they do but they don't believe in themselves if I can inspire this year a thousand women to take the next step in their business because I believe in them and I see something in them and I can help them you know, galvanize people around their thing, that is what will be success for me rather yeah. than will I hit my financial targets. And that comes across when you're talking as well. The passion that you've got when you when you're talking about it comes comes across. So which makes that... it easier, which makes it easier to talk about your business. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Because otherwise if I was just talking about my business coaching, people would be like, all right, whatever. Yeah. No, com- completely, completely. No, it makes perfect sense. So if there's somebody listening now that wanted to create a community what's the first few things that they need to do without giving away your secret formula yeah 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 i think i always say it starts with you right what we often do is we look outside of ourselves so we go who's got a community that i like right and i see this all the time i go oh i'd love to have a community like this person or this coach or and we often look within our own sector right and what that does is it leads to comparisonitis right and i've been there when i when i first moved into business coaching which is about three years ago i looked at all of my competitors and talked myself out of even doing it i was like i think a job in tesco's would be better than having to try and do this 
And it's because we look at what they're doing and we think, I can't do it like that. I can't do it like that because I'm not them. I'm not as confident. I'm not as whatever. It starts with us. It starts with like, what are our qualities? What are our values? How could it be easy? Like, what's the easiest way for me to show up? What is my most authentic way of showing up? And it's why I developed that quiz because the quiz tells you whether how you score, whether you're a nurturer, whether you're disruptive, whether you lead with like profiles. Some people are great at just being famous. You never know what they're famous for, but that is their, that's what they're good at. They're yeah. great at putting their profile out there. And other people are much more like teachers. They've got real expertise that they want to share. And so you've got to build your community based on the thing that is easy, an easy way for you to show up. If you're sitting there going, God, I couldn't think of anything worse than growing a Facebook group. And then you've got a coach saying, you must grow a Facebook group. That's going to feel like hard graft. And business shouldn't feel like hard graft. Like, I do work hard, but I work hard doing things that I really enjoy. Yeah. Right? Because that's how I get the energy to do more and more of it. So for me, it's about alignment, working out what your most aligned style of leadership is, why in the past have people galvanized around you, and being honest with yourself, do I want a massive tribe? Or do I want a small but mighty tribe, right? You could you could get to six figures as a business coach with 100 people on your email list. But we've been sold a lie by all the marketing gurus that you need a bazillion people because you can only convert 1%. And all yeah. of that stuff is true in some situations, but it's also bullshit. And so we have to kind of do the testing for ourselves, right? People go to me, oh, I don't email my list because I've only got 100 people on there. I'm like, when I started my business coaching business, I didn't have an email list. And within 20 days, I filled a program with 22 yeah. people in it. And I made something like, I don't know how much money it was, thousands of pounds. Didn't have an email list. But I had a network and I was willing to go out and talk to those people in my network about what I was offering. And over time, I built my email list. You know, I, I, my business coaching business, I got to six figures in about six months. And so there was very little email list but I had to build it as I went, right? So, but it's just the bullshit stories we tell ourselves. I can have this, but only when I've done this. And then we yeah. focus on that and still don't get what we want, right? Because there's something else. Oh, now I know I've got an email list, but I can't have it till I've got a good website. Oh, I'll work on the website. You know, all of those things. Like my website is shocking. I've got a terrible website. I never leave people there because it's rubbish, yeah. right? And it's one of my big things for this uh, quarter is to finally get my website sorted. Because it's four years old, my website. My, my website was designed for when I was doing life coaching. So it's just not very good, but it yeah. hasn't stopped me from doubling my income last year. It's not stopped me from coming on Clubhouse and talking about my expertise. Yeah. You know, so it's just, it's so much of it is the little stories in our head that go, oh, I can't do it. You know? Yeah, complete, completely. I resonate with a lot of what you're saying and I could talk for a long, long time but I think it might encroach on uh, actually a one-to-one -one coaching session. Um, <laughs> but, uh, and I don't, I don't want it to be that um, because I want everybody to, to get benefit, not just, not just me. And you said earlier on that you've got an eight-year-old daughter. Has she started building a tribe? Oh, so my daughter is so funny. She, um, she, <laughs> when she was at school, she would build, she would start clubs at school, right? So it really reminds me of me because I was like this as a kid as well. She'll come yeah. home and she'll go, so we've started a litter club at school. And I'll, I'll go, who? Who? The teachers? No, I have, I right? Know. And then another week she'd started another a group. Uh, and then I picked her up from after school club one day and she'd helped this little Polish boy to set up a Polish speaking club 
at our school club. Like she's just a facilitator. She's she she makes shit happen. Um, and actually, it's one of the reasons she's really struggling not being at school because yeah. she is um, a leader. She's a born leader. A lot of people would say she's very bossy and very dominant, and she kind of is. But she's so much like me. She she's always thinking about how can I galvanize people how can I get people to do what I want she's an influencer for sure you know yeah. um but also what's been interesting during the first lockdown is that I was talking to her a lot about my business whereas before she kind of knew what I did but because she was in the space I had to explain what calls were about and why we were packing t-shirts and one of her maths lessons was about well I gave her it not school was about <laughs> profit and loss so yeah. I got her to work out what the t-shirts cost what we sell them for, what the price of the stamps are, all of that. And she, so she now understands that when you make money, you don't keep all of the money because there are costs and things like that. And so the other day she said to me, um, she said to me something like, well, you're a million, I was moaning about something and how much it costs. She went, yeah, but you're a millionaire. I went, I'm not. She went, but you, you make lots of money. I went, well, yeah, I make lots of money. She said, you'll be a millionaire one day. And I was like, maybe. And she said, and, and so I said to her, so what does it take to be a millionaire? And she said, well, you've got to have a good idea to start with. And I was like, yeah, that's true. She said, and you've got to have lots of uh, people. And she says, you've got your ladies, haven't you? That's what she calls them, your ladies. Yeah. She says, you've got your ladies and that's why you make money. I was like, yeah. And then she says, and then you've got to work hard. And I'm like, actually, she's eight and she's right. You've got to have a good idea. You've got to build people around you and you've got to work hard. Yeah. And that's from an eight-year-old. Amazing. And it's, that's, I, I love it. I, I'm so glad you gave that answer as well, because I think there's there's no age limit, no uh, no um, lower one or upper one on the power of building a community and, and connection yeah. with, with people. Do you know um, one of my favourite stories, because I'm really passionate about young people, right? And the reason I'm passionate about young people and I feel so bad for them right now, I'm really thinking about what I can create to help teenagers at the moment, because I started my career working with young people um, and I moved away from it for various reasons and I feel like I'll go back into it. But we underestimate what they are what, uh, capable of, right? So many young people are entrepreneurial, but not academic. And that was me. I didn't do very well at school, but actually went on to get a first class degree. And the reason I got my first class degree was I was allowed to study the thing that I was interested in, which at the time was street dance. I was in a street dance group when I was 16. So my dissertation was about culture and diversity and all of that. Yeah. And I excelled because my tutors encouraged me to go down the path I was interested in. And um, I, there's a story about a, a boy from, I think he was from South London, and he started an Instagram channel or a YouTube channel, I can't remember which it was, and he started doing reviews of chicken shops. So he would go to every chicken shop in South London, yeah. buy chicken and chips and do a review of it and rate the chicken and chips. And I, I need to go and follow up and work out what <laughs> he's done to monetize it. But it, he grew this audience, you know, on something so simple and pedestrian. And sometimes we over think things like the things that we're passionate about can be the things that we make a business um, on and we can grow a community around it. Like these niche communities, like people that love chicken and chips, people that love crocheting, you know, it doesn't matter what the thing is. You'll yeah. always find your tribe, you know, around your passion. Yeah, no, I, lo I love that. I love that. And um, your daughter, those three things that, that she said, having a good idea, people and working hard, that's come across in what you've said as well, about right, having a, a clear mission um, right at the start, whether it's an idea or it's a mission. It's, I, I'm, that's your vision, isn't it, where you want to try to get to? Then the power of people and connection. 
um, and then not giving up after the first, second, third, fourth time and just and just keeping going is so, so, so important. I um, think people over strategize. So a lot of people will say, give me the strategy. I want the plan and I want to follow the plan and then I'll get success. It doesn't work like that. You've always got to be strategizing. You've always got to be changing the plan. I'm so glad that I don't teach a cookie cutter process. So some coaches say, follow this process and, and you'll get to a result. I don't do that. For me, it's all about the engagement. It's about a bespoke uh, coaching service. And the reason being, imagine when we all went into lockdown last year, if everyone was following the same process and look what's happened with Clubhouse, right? Imagine if I was teaching people only to build tribes on Facebook, right? Yeah. And now Clubhouse is the new thing. We're all, the world is always evolving and we must as business owners evolve with it. Yeah, amazing, amazing. So much value, I'm conscious of the time and uh, and you've got a community to, to, to build and foster <laughs> and spend time with those people. Um, couple more questions, if that's all right. Yeah, sure. Um, would you rather have no knees or no elbows? Oh, uh, it's got to be elbows because I'm a runner. I'm a runner and a cyclist and I couldn't oh, yeah. do... I mean, so can you, can you just show me how you drink that water that you just drank with no elbows? Oh, yeah, that would be hard, wouldn't it? <laughs> it would be a challenge. Uh, yeah, yeah, I'm not even, even going to try, yeah. Yeah, but, yeah, but, no, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah no, no no worries um and then so you've mentioned a few times about um an, an assessment that uh, about to tell you a storyteller or what the type of person is that available yeah. for people or is. is that part of you part of your course no no it's a it's a free resource so you can find it on juliecrefield.com forward slash tribe quiz okay perfect and where else can yeah. it, people want to know more about you um where would they go what would they do how would they find you yep so I'm very easy to find because I've got quite an unusual name. So when you Google Julie Crefield, all of my stuff comes up. What's also interesting is when you Google fat runner, I also come up first on Google searches, my plus size fitness business. And that always makes me laugh. Oh, wow. so, uh, so you can either Google fat runner or Julie Crefield and you'll <laughs> get to my stuff either way. <laughs> <laughs> oh, perfect. Perfect. Um, and then the final question I've got for you, what are you having for your tea? Oh, so this is really difficult, right? Yesterday I woke up and I did my breakfast show on Clubhouse and then I had a bit of a headache. So I was like, I don't have a lot in the diary. I'm going to have a bit of a nap. Four and a half hours later, I woke up with just terrible migraine. So I felt really unwell yesterday, didn't do any work, went to bed last night and um, feel a little bit better today. But you know what it's like when you're not well, you Google stuff, don't you? Yeah. And so I was Googling migraine and it come up migraine and COVID. Right. So I've managed to convince myself that I've got COVID because apparently sore eyes are one of the main features, which they don't talk about in the press. They just talk about cough and all of that. So I've convinced myself that I've got COVID and I've got nothing in the cupboards. So now I've got oh. this big moral dilemma. Do I like you can't get an online delivery in London for love nor money. So do I eat the cat's food or do I go shopping? Like this is the dilemma I'm having. So I don't wow. know is the answer. Wow, well, well, yeah. <laughs> I, I kind of want to invite you back for a second conversation just to find out what you had to eat tonight. <laughs> no, perfect. But honestly, can I just say thank you very much for your honesty and openness and, and sharing everything that you've shared today. It's been an absolute pleasure to uh, to chat with you. And and I think that the big thing that I'm taking away from today, apart from your daughter's three lessons, on because I think those, those are absolute gold, um, is that I need to book a bath session with Julie Craffield. There we go. Love it. Love it. I've really enjoyed it. It's been a lot of fun. Yeah, no, thanks very much. Have an amazing day, Julie. You too. 
Thanks for listening to Business Problems Solved. You can contact Lee on LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter by searching for Lee Horton, the business problem solver, or via visiting www.leehorton.com for more content and to solve your business problems. And remember, saying you know how to do it is not doing it.